time, a few mistakes ago, I was in your sights, you got me alone, you found me, you found me, you found me, I guess you didn't care, and I guess I liked that, and when I fell hard, you took a step back, without me, without me, without me, and he's lost. Welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chester. Wow. I am Liam Allen with my friend Morris Sachs. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning, world. Good morning, New York. We have a lot of people in New York that listen. Good morning, Seattle. All right. We have a lot of people in Seattle and Canada. So greetings to all our friends that have tuned in every week for Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut where we have sat here and jammed that two-year down your throat, okay? For two years, we have sat here and started with fish, but not this week because things... No, not this week. Not this this week, week. okay? And I was wrong. I was dead wrong. Anthony Peters called me out and said, yeah, it might be a boring week, but... And there was a but, and sure enough... When there's complacency in the market, and I think there's going to be absolutely nothing to talk about on Inside Baseball, what happens? The news breaks, and all of a sudden, we've got a show. <laughs> that gal looks and brains, huh? And, looks and, and brains. And like you have said so many times, 
The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, okay? You are a perfect example oh, of your daughters. You. I mean, it is just, it is meant for inside baseball with all chestnut. For anyone that has lived under a rock this week or <laughs> anyone that's new to the show, okay? We we stopped talking about it because we were perseverating about these idiot celebrities plug-in crypto we dragged matt damon we took the blowtorch to kim k and every one of those shills okay <laughs> and who comes along who comes along but the american treasure that is taylor swift and taylor says no thank you she asked, are those a regulated security? And maybe she didn't say that. Maybe it was her father, former Merrill Lynch broker. Maybe it was her mother that worked in finance. But somebody said, uh-uh. And Taylor said, uh-uh. And what happened? The whole fucking thing melted down. And who's left standing? Who knew that it was trouble? <laughs> My girl. Okay, and I said, my girl, which leads me to the next aspect of this story that Morris will vouch for. And anyone that knows me in real life, I know I'm an internet micro celebrity and there's my internet following. But people in, in my real life, most of you listeners, you might not know that I have a deep affection for Taylor going back. True. Years. I can verify. I can verify. He that. is my yeah. profile photo on Strava for 15 years. And I yeah. changed it once 15 years ago and there was blowback. People said, what happened to Taylor? She has been my profile. Okay. Listen, fellas. Okay. If girls and, and, and gals, girls and gals. Now this is a specific tip for the fellas out there. Cause we have a lot okay. of fellas, young men that listen that are dating. Look, if girls were interested in pinochle, I would, I would love pinochle. Okay. 15 years ago, if you went to a Taylor Swift concert, it's 40,000 women in giant stadium losing their minds. Do you want to go to the Taylor Swift concert or do you want to go to the Guns N' Roses concert? You're going to the Taylor Swift show. You don't go to the Fish show if you have an opportunity to go to the Taylor Swift show. The Fish show is 40,000 sweaty, gross dudes, okay? The, the Taylor show is... The kill zone, okay? I'm not stupid. Lady Gaga, Taylor Swift, if you, you need to, you need to, oh, and in with the women, okay? They need to trust you. And this is how you do it, okay? My girl comes out and extinguishes the crypto, extinguishes the crypto shilling with one word. And it made me so fucking happy this week. And I just needed to herald, herald this gleaming beacon of righteousness in our society, Taylor Swift. Thank you. Can I ask you one question? Yeah. Who kidnapped my friend Liam Allen? <laughs> Dude, my wife got me going before the show. She goes, what are you going to talk about this week? And I was like, oh, oh I know. yeah. I was like, yeah. you know, I was like, I was like, if Kathy Wood says robo taxis one more time, I'm going to smash the television. And my daughter goes, Papa, why are you going to smash the television? I was like, I can't talk about it now. I got to go do the show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my wife got me going. My wife got me going about, I know we were in, I know it was 
politely request of us to to refrain from using specific names and firms. That's okay. No, that's fine. That's Legal fine. can fuck off on this one because I'm <laughs> I'm just reading the news. I apologize, Mr. Solomon, but look, 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 look. I'm just reading the news. Okay, she comes out and she puts a twenty-seven hundred dollar price target. Okay, on Tesla, based on based on robo taxis and autonomous cars. Kathy, Kathy, the Tesla cannot drive itself. Ta Kathy, the Tesla has a feature called summon that you're supposed to snap your fingers in front of the restaurant and the Tesla is going to come get you. It can't do that yet. Okay. So the idea that, 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 that Morris is going to drive to Westchester County airport, leave the Tesla there. And then I'm going to need a ride from Westchester downtown. So I'm going to go on my app. The Tesla is going to drive itself to Stamford, pick me up, then charge me a fare to drive me downtown and then drive itself home to Westchester. Kathy, Kathy, come back. There's nobody in an ARC meeting that says you can't go on television and say this. Um, well, I'd say a couple of things. One is, that will happen, okay? It ain't going to happen in the next 25 years. Thank you. Okay, I'm cool. Okay. We're in line. We, can, can we do that? Okay. Yes. But what I would like to do is you and I are on either end of the bipolar spectrum right now. I'm on the Debbie Downer side. You're on the hopped up side. Um the thing I wanted to point out about Kathy Wood, okay, um, first of all, she's crazy. And um, she's either, uh, it, it, what's the word I'm looking for? She's either completely ignorant or she's a con artist. Cognitive and I, I, yeah. I, I will explain to you why. But I wouldn't invite you just to take a, a picture uh, take a, a youtube of elizabeth holmes spieling about theranos and kathy wood talking about um uh Art, the, you know, about tesla okay now um you know you can have your own opinions you can't have your own facts and so um you sent me this thing over during the week about the price target. And there was something in there that they gave a matrix of where they saw prices. And in there was a term that uh, um, not quite as uh, interesting as a Minsky moment, but she said they ran Monte Carlo simulations. Now, again, boilerplate explanation I'm not great with math, but I've used Monte Carlo simulations. I swear and you talked about it on the show. I swear. I, I, I may have. Okay. So so if you go to this web browser thing called Google, mm. if you look up Monte Carlo simulation is a mathematical technique that predicts possible outcomes of an uncertain event. Okay. Computer programs use this method to analyze past data and predict a range of future outcomes based on a choice of action. 
Okay. So the first thing is it's using past data. So Tesla was at a dollar and it went up to what? A thousand? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or something. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I I mean, if you think it's gonna go from wherever it is now up a thousand times, best of luck to you. See okay. in 30 years, yeah. But the reason I cry bullshit is when putting together a Monte Carlo simulation, are you familiar with that quote? There's three types of lies, lies, damn lies, and statistics. Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, so um, once again, Google, what are the five steps in a Monte Carlo simulation? The technique breaks down into five simple steps. Setting up a probability distribution for important variables. That's what we call an assumption. Building a cumulative probability distribution for each variable. Again, assumption. Establishing an interval of random numbers for each variable. Okay, well, that's a random number generator. Okay, fair enough. That's fair. Creating, generating random numbers, and then actually simulating a series of trials. So when we were involved in the early stages of learning how to program a computer, we had this thing called garbage in, garbage out. Mm -hmm. So basically, um, she's trying to use sophisticated terms to make it sound like they've reached a conclusion. Now, Cheryl and I were out to dinner last night with uh, Travis and his wife, Katie, and we were talking about how uh, Cheryl and I took marketing together at University of Illinois and how um, when we walked into the uh, final exam room, the teacher saw that we were sitting next to each other and the teacher knew that we uh, were in a relationship. So I forget whether they moved Cheryl or whether they moved me, but they set us apart by like 30 yards, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. We both got the exact same score. I could have okay. told you. I could have told you. <laughs> so, so marketing. So one of the things they teach you in marketing is sort of like the super califragilistic. It's like tied with X11 cleaning yeah. power. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that's supposed to trick people. So this Monte Carlo simulation is incorrectly applied. Well, anyway, we could go on and on. But, you know, once again, there, it's Wall Street. And, and this could be the theme of the show, maybe. Mm -hmm. I got I kind of cranky and I got a lot of things that I would like the opportunity to get off my chest because it's all about me. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Um, for, I just want to do my bit in the beginning yeah. rather than the end. No, that's OK. And you can do it at the end, too. I, I love seeing you all wound up. Um, but uh, uh, there's just so much that's just so blatantly wrong and it gets tolerated left and right. Yes, so we're, I just want to know. I want to know. Like, go ahead. You talk. OK, well, so um, we had a very interesting episode last week where I believe 
and I, I don't know if it's a quote, but I said something along the lines of, I stake my reputation that there's a big seller of gold. Yep. Did, right? Yeah. Not, not 24 hours later, the Financial Times does an article about how Russia is smuggling gold into Switzerland to sell it. Well, when everyone's when everyone's telling me no, Russia's buying gold. Okay, yeah, yeah. so kudos to Ivwak on that one. Also, you you also said in an email you said it's good to see that my tape reading skills are still good, dude. Yeah, that is that really captured it, dude. Like you, you think these Thank people you. nowadays, dude? Do you think these kids nowadays can read tape the way that you do? No fucking chance. So, uh, dude, I respect Bob Cobb. I love Bob Cobb. Bob Cobb is an integral part of the show. But was it him that said one could argue that it trades well? I, I, if it wasn't Bob, I'm not sure. Somebody well, said that, and it was a little bit of pushback. But when I, when Moore says he can read that tape, and you said every day when that big drop, that's a seller. I'm 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 sticking with you on this one, man. Well, I I don't know whether gold's going up or down, but Russia's selling gold, and as Leslie likes to put, and I paraphrase, guns and tanks cost money, and I know that Russia's selling oil, mm -hmm. but you know when Robbie and I went to Russia back in nineteen. Something I forget at this yeah. point. Yeah, it might have been two thousand. Okay. Uh, no, it was in the nineties. Um, we knew they were lying. You could tell the numbers yeah. didn't add up. So the fact that they say they're buying gold when they're selling it, well, if I was selling something, I I wouldn't tell people I was selling it till I was done. And and if uh, you were Russia, you'd rather sell gold than oil. I think, I think the gold is easier to sell secretly than the oil. It's, you know, where the oil is a different kind I, of commodity that's, that moves around. I just like think, look at the market. I can either go and yeah. sell my oil at 60 with all those sanctions, or I can secretly do it in the gold market, which has been in that range for a year or two. I'm, I'm sure they're doing everything right. Okay. So uh, anyway, I, I, I took great, pride in, in making that <laughs> counter, counter counter call on a sad note i think we also talked about building a building in new york and how you got to knock down a fucking parking garage and that's always a disaster and then a fucking parking garage collapsed in new york city incredible putting too which, many suvs on the roof yeah yeah um but what i would like to pick up is this Seeing as people are burned out on talking about how Bitcoin's going to fix the world, the new uh, spiel is artificial intelligence. Mm. Okay. So, my friend Peter's listening in Switzerland, who's all about the AI. Give old Chestnut three minutes of your time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, you will recall, and a recent episode i talked about how i engaged a young man who we will call eddie mm -hmm. and talked about how you fly an airplane and is there a way that we can you know minimize yeah. okay so lo and behold a newspaper article comes out let me see if i can find the fucking thing um I, i'm sorry I no, just, no, no, here, no. here we go air 
Air New Zealand looks to artificial intelligence to shave miles off a of flight. Dude, I thought it was the onion. I, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a listener <laughs> sending in a joke. So, so this is so much better than it sounds. You're not going to believe this. So, um, first of all, I want to remind people of this thing called the Gelman amnesia. Basically, it means if you read a story in the newspaper and you happen to know something about it and you realize that the guy writing the article doesn't know anything and then you move on to the next article but now you assume this guy knows okay so basically the air new zealand article is talking about how they're going to use airspeed altitude temperature you know to figure out ways to okay which first of all was (laughs) something this young man who we'll call Eddie solved for four years ago. That's yeah, number yeah, one. Yeah. Number two, um, there is an invention that already exists on uh, airplane uh, uh, engines, uh, jets called the called Deeks. I know what you you know what that is, but for the listeners, it's called a digital uh, electronic engine control. Okay, now they're on pretty much every jet engine manufactured now. Okay, and what they do is they record all of these metrics that we're talking about, and they get sent into the engine manufacturer, and they're used to determine whether the engine's running efficiently, if there's potential problems, okay, so on and so forth. That was invented in 1981. (laughs) Um, And it showed up on the Learjets, which is something we know a bit about, on like an engine, let's say, for example, TFE 731, which is sort of the workhorse kind of engine so i know we had a jet and maybe the model we had was a 1990 when we bought it in 2000 mm-hmm. and it had it had deeks on it yeah, yeah so so it already gone from nasa yeah to, okay so this concept of artificial intelligence i mean i get it but what are we doing here we're, we're we, we already know how to do these things yeah and and the 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 final thing I want to say about artificial intelligence, and I know, I know everyone's going to go. It's an easy fix, but I've typed my name ten thousand times into my iPhone, mm-hmm. and whenever <laughs> I type the word Morris, there's never. First of all, it never autofills. Right. right. And secondly, when I hit Morris. Last S space, Saks never comes up as an option. Incredible. Incredible. Um, one of our top listeners of, needs to, to tell us how to fix that. Email us. One of the nerds needs to tell us how to fix that. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to know. I've been hearing about this shit for so long now. It, it, when I was at the Deutsche Bank, what they had cobbled together was this artificial intelligence thing where instead of writing a ticket, You'd mm-hmm. pick up a phone and you would say, buy 55 years, 98, 27 plus, Canter Fitzgerald, put it in account three. Okay. 
Never got it to work. Not <laughs> not once. Okay. Um, years ago, somebody who was deep into this thing told me, you traders, you're going to be out of a job because these computers are smarter than you. I know. Right? Yep. Okay. Well, in some cases, I think some of these algorithmic things have done pretty well, but yes. there's a whole cast of characters out of there that clearly are their intelligence is artificial. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, but the 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 most interesting and poignant one for me was I had a doctor who I respect tremendously, and he told me in no uncertain terms, in five years, not a single x-ray or MRI will be read by a human being. It will be read by artificial intelligence. Okay. Five years, it hasn't not, hasn't moved at an RCH, okay, right, right? right? Okay, so you you want to throw a lot of money at this stuff? Mm -hmm. Good on you. Could you convince it that Skynet has come alive and wants to nuke yeah. the planet? I mean, yeah, maybe, but that's not intelligence. That's a mistake. Can um, I ask you about the computers? Can I ask you about the computers trading? Yeah. What do you want to know? I want to know if the algorithms take the emotional aspect out of it. Like, in, I mean, I know the answer. Like in 1987, you could feel what was happening on the floor. You know, like you could tell, like or at Seabot, you could there was emotion and you could feel momentum. Like, does the computer just wet blanket all of that and now it's computer driven, or can you still feel the emotion looking at the computer? Well, I I guess the the thing that the computer has done has been these relationship trades. So, you know, if Ford goes up, then maybe General Motors is supposed to go up. I, yeah, I think yeah. that's a great mm -hmm. use for the kind of computer to keep things in line or certainly basket creation mm -hmm. and and redemption, you know, like uh, against an S&P thing. But uh, the other things the computer is good at is, for instance, like a press release will come out and guys will program it to try and figure out whether it's bullish or bearish. And it'll give the computer authority to buy or sell based on that analytic because the computer reads pretty quick and it can, right? You're talking yeah, yeah. about yeah. billions of a second. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't know that it's anything more than a human having an idea and telling a computer to uh, uh, execute based on the, the human generated algorithm. I, I could be wrong. I mean, you know, you've got these really, really sophisticated math guys that can look for patterns and try and, uh, you know, sort of a, uh, like a shark eye on steroids. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I just, you know, um, once again, one of these guys sent me this thing. He he uh, had like three articles and he sent the articles to this GPT chat or something yep. like that. Yep. And, it, and, it, and it's summarized. It's summarized. And uh, I think that's great. But um, I know, I'm guessing how long it was ago, but... Uh, a person I know was in high school 
and they submitted a term paper or a paper early on in the in the school year. And the paper came back with an F on it. And it turns out, and this is like 15 years ago, there were programs that could read papers and determine whether there was plagiarism. If it was cut and pasted. Yeah, 15 years ago. Yeah. So, I guess you know, old. We're, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 15 years is a long time. Yeah. So the fact that something can take a few articles and cobble something together, I mean, it's, it's a neat parlor trick. No, but, I'm just fascinated know. by like the Seabot floor and that open outcry and that sort of like the trading that went on then versus just the computers. Like I just I'm just fascinated, like how th that emotion and that that energy and that buzz. It can just yeah, be I, I, off I, and like it's just I, gone, I, you know? Well, it it isn't right. I mean, you you heard me tell you I could tell by looking at the tape somebody was selling. Now, was that luck? Yeah, it might have been luck, but mm -hmm. I mean, you know, now you're talking about luck being a three or four standard deviation event. I mean, we've had how many podcasts? 110 podcasts? Yeah. yeah and yeah. and of those 110, how many times have I said I'd stake my reputation on something? One? Yeah. And and the next day, um, the FT does an article about it. I mean, it sounds like I'm bragging, but the yeah. fact of the matter is, you know, that that's a human, mm -hmm. you know, process that goes on. Now, can, can a computer do that? I mean, I fuck, I don't, I don't right. know, but I'm. All right, all right, all right. Speaking of bragging, I got to stop you. I'm gonna get you. I got an email this week. All right, email guy emails the show. Blah blah blah. He works with a guy. I told him I listened to a show inside baseball, old chestnut guy named Morris Sachs. And the guy texts him back. And he says, yeah, Morris was the biggest hitter in the global rates for a long time. Were you the biggest hitter in the global rates market for a long time? Duh. Okay. No. <laughs> I know Morris is a big deal, but was he literally the biggest single trader in the world? I, I, I don't. I, You're not going to, you can't deny it. Well, let me, let me, let me reframe. Yes. It's a yes. Okay. okay. The answer is no. Okay. okay, fine, fine. But but to define it, yes. okay, I think it's debatable that for that period of time when I was at Greenwich, between me and the rest of the guys in the group, okay, arguably we ran the largest proprietary arbitrage book in the world. I think yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, yeah. arguable. And the reason I come to that is, um, for instance, I don't know how many positions we had. Probably almost a position in every issue, treasury yeah. issue. Okay. Yeah. Long and short. Now we had we had a rule we wouldn't be short more than 10% of an issue. And we had a law that we wouldn't be short more than 15% of an issue. Understood, yeah. So, okay. Then we had positions in two-year, five-year, 10-year, and 30-year futures. And I could tell, because those <clears throat> aren't from Russia or China, those were from the Chicago Board of Trade. So those were facts. And yeah. I knew the percentage of the open interest that we had, which I will not disclose here, 
but you know we had enough of that open interest i don't think anybody could have been bigger okay so were we the biggest traders in the world no i i i think mm-hmm. you know we probably got dwarfed by some of these pension funds and once again uh it depends what your metric is we didn't have the biggest outright exposure Mm-hmm. Meaning, if if interest rates went up a hundred basis points, we weren't gonna, no, make, no, no. you know, five billion dollars or something like that. But, but we we were in our day, uh, you know, not. And I think the 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 thing I'm most proud of is anybody can be big. Okay, we survived for a long time, and we survived. Long-term capital. We survived Orange County. We survived 9/11. We survived uh, the global financial crisis. Um, well, what we didn't survive was the Royal Bank of Scotland management. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot, RBS. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm 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 very flattered. Thank you. All right. Well, um, he, well, that was his, that was just the 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 appetizer for the entree question, which was when you're trading that big, is it harder to get positions on and off because everyone else can see you enter and exit the market? I know you've touched on that, but can you? Well, that's a great question. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've poked fun at Bill Ackman because he would go out and he would say he was shorting Herbalife, like. I I would claim you could tie me up and stick pins under my fingernails, and I'm not telling you what issues I'm short, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. So, um, fascinating. The the thing we worked exceptionally hard at is not letting no people know what our positions were. Yeah. So in the government bond market, that's very easy because it's supposed to be a blind brokerage firm. But right. of course, the brokers are human and brokers are brokers. So mm-hmm. they would tell people what other people were doing. I remember you saying it's steamboat and or what the. Broker- yeah, right. Right. Yeah. So um, we would work hard at getting positions on and off uh, in, in covert ops, mm-hmm. even to the extent that I mentioned, you know, we discovered people we worked with were going through the garbage yep. to see what the. Okay. So. Um, that's the thing about keeping the positions private. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because if somebody knows what you have, uh, then they can, especially when you're short, when you're long, it's a whole nother world. Okay. Um, the question about getting into and out of positions mm-hmm. is, um, that's something that is, way more art than science, right? There's times, there's different types of trades you can do. There's there's a, like futures are a good example, that they're quarterly. So, you know, the positions, the contracts expire. So you, you either have to take them off, you have to take or make delivery, or you have to roll to the next contract. And, um, so that that creates a liquidity event that you have to be prepared for. And so we would try and set trades up where we knew that either there was going to be liquidity created for us 
Yeah. Or we could force there to be liquidity. And so for an example, let, let's say we, well, I probably get this wrong because I'm doing it off the cuff, but let's say we were long a futures contract. And um, we went out and not only did we own the futures contract, we owned the cheapest to deliver. So we knew that either the person had to buy the futures contract back yep. and push it up yeah, and we could sell and buy something else, or they would buy the cheapest to deliver, which would de facto push the futures prices up. Yep. That that would be an example. Or if you knew uh, the belly of the curve, let's say the seven-year note was really expensive, so you would want to sell seven years and hedge it by buying a five-year and a ten-year. So it's a, a but we call it a butterfly, yep. right? Yep. But you would know the seven-year auction was coming. So you could sell a bunch of seven years three weeks before the auction, two weeks before the auction. Then when the auction will come, the tendency is to cheapen it because the supply is coming. And you could cover it either before the auction, yeah. in the auction, or after the auction. And, and, and so you would really need to uh, uh, make sure you had liquidity events. But but most importantly, most importantly, you, you had to be right. Yeah. Because if you were wrong, um, you did not get to pick the price that you got out at. The market took you out and it was always at the worst price. Because yeah. that's, that's finally where the liquidity got created. And so that's why when you when you listen to guys like especially Munger and and Buffett and um, they talk about you know making fewer trades, right? Because if you're wrong, and I know they're rarely wrong, and they have staying power that much most people don't have, but when you're wrong and you're big <clears throat> it's a problem and so the fewer the fewer um uh decisions you make i think the safer you are one of the uh bones i have with one of our our mutual pals is he does a lot of trades and you know i think that's his style mm -hmm. that's fine i'm much more or we, when I say I, and by the way, the comment about being the biggest, mm -hmm. yada, yada, I know. I, I, I just part of a team. Okay. And, and, but, um, no, nobody, uh, nobody's been more clear about being a part of the team than you. And you've always said the guy's sitting with you and you've all, you, yes, we know. Okay. So, um, you know, the one thing I like about, uh, people, trading fewer positions and larger positions is to me that's a uh a sign of confidence capability um you know there's a a, a woman who uh i used to subscribe to i know very let's, 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 very, skip, it. let's skip it let's skip it well 
I, I'm not going to mention the name, okay? okay. But okay. I, 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 I just want to bring this up because I, I do think it's it's instructive. And if I get halfway through and you tell me to shut up, I'll shut no, up. But, I was going to bring it up too. So go ahead. You're right. It's your, it's your idea. Incredibly bright person, okay? Great with the macro stuff, but runs these minuscule portfolios of buying, you know, 15 shares of this and 18 shares of that. And I, I you know, I just don't, I, I don't, I I, that's not, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm the guy that, you know, saw there was a problem in Chernobyl, had very little money and went out and bought all the wheat. They let me, right. I mean, and, and I'm not like this huge macho, at least I don't think I am. It's just like, you don't get that many opportunities. So wait for your pitch. Mm -hmm. And when you get these things where you get shit all over the place, I just don't, I, I just fall back to the, the Munger Buffett concept of, you know, you, what did he say? You get a ticket with 20 punches in it. And those are the most trades you can make in your life and something oh, wow. like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something, there's something along those lines. And I think, I think they got it dead right. I, I think the reason they're successful, besides the uh, funds rate dropping from 20% to zero, <laughs> which is a little bit of a tailwind. Not bad. Uh, um, Warren Buffett, I told you, I read that letter he wrote to Catherine Graham in 1975. I, I didn't read it in 1975, but that's when he wrote it. And and he, he talked about the things that ultimately matter, which is, you know, liquidity, but most importantly, compound interest. And I keep coming back to this thing. And I, I think, and, and I have a, a litany, and I probably won't get to it today, of ways that Wall Street steals money from its clients. I, I want to give you a couple of examples, but you know, if you like banging shit back and forth, I get it. It, it you know, it's got to be more fun than playing um, Grand Theft Auto Four, right? But uh, you know, if you think you're going to make a living at it, I can assure you, you're not. The example being the article. Uh, did I send it to you? Apparently, these guys trading these zero-day options. Mm -hmm, Let me mm -hmm. see if I can find it. They they lose on average three hundred and they lose three hundred fifty-eight three hundred fifty-eight thousand dollars per day. Yeah, per day. Yeah, it's amazing. Guess you know what that is? That's bit that's a bit offer spread. Yeah, that's that's paying Ken Griffin's common charges happily, <laughs> and they love it. Yeah, they love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's the advantage individual investors have, right? They have time on their side. Yep. They have compound interest. Okay. The, the, re the, the guys who do it for a living, they don't, they don't have that advantage, right? They got to go in, they start from scratch, yeah. but they have, they have a lot of tools, which the, the retail guy doesn't have, mm -hmm. um, and I don't think all of them are entirely, entirely legit. 
You know, there's there's lots of skullduggery that goes on. I don't know if this caught your eye, and um, I'll just uh, mention it because I had it forwarded to me by somebody. Uh, I'm going to omit the name, but this is the Commodity Futures Trading Commission release number 8685-23. CFTC orders XYZ to pay $15 million for violations of swap business conduct standards. Please. So the firm admitted that for nearly all same-day swaps executed in 2015 and 2016, it either failed to disclose any uh, type of situation or failed to disclose an accurate explanation, which is in violation of CFT regulation. So a $15 million civil monetary penalty. Okay. Explain to me if you're no, this is this is heartfelt, okay, which is rare for me. If you're a salesman covering client, okay, and you know you're doing the client a disservice to the extent that the CFTC finds your firm fifteen million dollars. How do you, I don't know, how do you look yourself in the mirror? You're a fucking criminal. Yep. I, honestly. Yeah. If it was 15,000 bucks, you could say, hey, you know, we took some liberties with our female guests, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> $15 million, that's more than a blowjob. Yeah. Comment, <laughs> right? So I, I, I find that, I find that horrible. And, you know, going through my career on Wall Street, and I, you know, I don't want to eat up the whole hour on this, which we certainly could, but the stuff I've witnessed over time, um, you know, when I worked in the grocery store in high school, they called that shrinkage. Yep, shrinkage. Yeah. You know, like you got hungry, mm -hmm. so you da you damaged a box of cookies. Pillage. <laughs> so you couldn't. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pillage. Yeah. Um, this stuff goes on all the time and the fewer number of trades you do. Okay. The less chance they got to get their beak in there and steal from you. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, I'm getting a little bit older and a little bit crankier, but I mean, at some point, uh, I don't understand why, a $15 million fine. Okay. Yeah. Is, is going to fix a firm that has a market cap of, of billions of dollars. I don't, I don't understand. And you know who I, I blame, I go back to the same thing. I blame the board of directors because, you know, that's something like that. A head should roll because oh, yeah. there, where's the, where's the evidence that, you know, as a firm, we cannot allow this to happen. There, 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 there is none. And um, yeah. I, once again, and I'm surprised I've been referring back to these two old guys, 
so much, but um, Charlie Munger gave a speech. It was either, I think it was like Stanford Business School or Stanford Law School or Harvard, something like that. And it was, it's like 20 or 30 pages. Mm -hmm. But it is, it is required reading. And one of the things he goes in there and talks about is like, I'm paraphrasing from memory, but it's basically like you have this old lady working for you and she gets caught stealing something and she swears up and down. It was the first time she'd ever done it and she'd never do it again. And Charlie's like cashier her, I guess, which means fire her. And the logic is it probably wasn't the first time. And even if it was the first time, it won't be the last time. Totally. Right. And so you have this stuff going on left and right. And, um, well, you know, where's the one of our friends? And I don't know that he would be comfortable with me saying his name, but he, he reminds me of a story he told when he was on the floor working for a guy. And the guy basically robbed 600 grand. And he got fined 60,000 bucks. And the traders and the trader said to my friend, I'll do that trade all day. 600 for 60, hundred percent. Yeah. Cost no jail, no jail time. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Where's Gary I, Gensler? Can we take, can you want to put Gary Gensler in your, in your crosshairs for a minute? Well, I, I actually, actually, it seems as if he might've grown a pair. Okay. Because he, and I didn't have a chance to do the deep dive. I, I had some um, personnel issues I needed to deal with this week, yes. but not personal issues, I personnel heard, issues. I heard, I heard and um, what does that mean? Uh, what does that mean? What does that mean? Somebody get fired? Um, as I was saying, <laughs> this is where Amy says, I guess he didn't want to talk about that. <laughs> um, Gensler, the deep dive. Gensler. He said he was in Congress and they're like, why are you going after these people? And he's like, because we don't have any we don't have any regulations in place. And by the way, they don't follow regulations anyway. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, it, at least the fucking guy's doing something, okay. which is which is which is great. What I really was delighted to see, and I, I lost track of it, but all I remember early on with the Bitcoin thing is everyone telling me how it's perfectly safe, yeah. it's completely untraceable, yada, yada, yada. Now, apparently, the government has hired this firm. They can go and they can find the Bitcoin. They can take the Bitcoin. Sure. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I I wanted to weave that in with the uh, the um, the stealing of the gold yeah, up yeah. in Tor Toronto. <laughs> and and I, as a side note, this this is we're gonna have to re redo this whole fucking show. This thing's a disaster. One of our correspondents up in Canada uh, signed up to get an MRI, okay? Like a routine MRI. Yeah. They, they got a date three years from today. No, no. Three Come years. On. Three years. Three years, yeah. I mean, I, it's awesome. Hey. Good morning. You want to buy, 
<laughs> you want to buy a car Jeez. in Russia? It's ten years. Oh, three years. MRI. That's from sources believed to be reliable, but That's cannot incredible. be guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. So, um, anyway, the weather sucks here again. It's brutal, dude. And... Well, welcome back to the spring. Um, you want to talk about the credit scores and the mortgages? That got a lot of that got a lot of headline news on Thursday. Oh. Tell me, I, I missed it. Um, if you have a credit score of 750, you're going to pay a 1% fee. And if you have a credit score of 650, you're going to get 1% waived or something like that. So the incentive is to have a lower credit score. Okay. Is that because of one of Biden's? Yep. Executive uh, order. Yeah. Executive order. May yeah. 1st. It's gotten a lot of traction. I haven't read about it in detail, but from, from first glance, it's. You're subsidizing uh, bad loans with good loans and good loans are going to be a, pay a fee and they're going to extend mortgages to people that shouldn't have uh, a mortgage. And what it's that worked out great last time. Hey, bingo. Exactly. That's yeah, exactly. Exactly. What, what I will tell you uh, in regarding uh, debt. Mm -hmm. OK, as a, uh, uh, a dilettante in the New York real estate market. Um, I continue to see the fact that unless you are pristine Bauer, you're you're not getting money from a bank. Mm. And so we're quickly going to morph to the situation that existed after the global financial crisis. You're going to have the pristine Bowers who can get money at, you know, yeah. Now it'll be sulfur instead of LIBOR, yeah. Yeah. plus the spread. And then you'll have to go to the hard money lenders. So um, it'll be like you can either borrow money at 3 or 4% or not anymore, like 5 or 6% or 12 or 13%. Yeah. And, um, and, and just like Kathy Wood was talking about, the, um, the positive side of her losing money was the capital losses you can offset against future gains. Jonathan Gray of Blackstone, who owns hundreds of billions of dollars of commercial real estate, was saying, well, the good news is the low occupancy rates and keep people from developing real estate. <laughs> okay. Um, so if everything else falls through, then maybe. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I feel like I had a whole lot more Sorry. to talk about, but you, you know, talk about, you want to talk about inflation dying off? You want to talk about the fed hiking? No. Well, I, I mean, I'm really in the Lacey hunt school. I, I do think the money supply drop and I do think the lending standards, I do think the quantitative tightening i mean just to be succinct this thing the economy's dead it just doesn't know yet and uh to reiterate what i said last week i don't think the u.s treasury yield curve is all that wrong um we have to have to have to get the curve to be positive because i'm more convinced than ever that an inverted curve is a destroyer of economic growth. And the, the problem, if there's going to be a problem, is if inflation doesn't come down. If inflation stays up here, then it's going to be a fucking 
debacle because either the Fed is going to hold the line, and I have no opinion on whether they will or not, but if they hold the line, you're talking about a real massive problem. And if they cave, okay, the long rates are going to spike and uh, the curve will get normal that way. But, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of go with the Lacey Hunt and the drop, the epic drop in money supply. You even pointed out to me some of these regional surveys. Look, did, is gruesome the word you used? Grim. 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 Yeah. 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 Philly Fed. Uh, thanks for who, somebody sent that to me. Philly Fed manufacture, uh, Philly Fed business outlook. Okay. Yeah. Look like, like a crypto the, chart down. The, the one chart that I clipped uh, that resonated with me was one of the things you would see that was a great leading indicator of weakening employment mm-hmm. would be the number of people applying for disability through social security. Cause it's like, Oh, my back, my yeah. back hurts. Yeah. I can't work. Right. My yeah. neck hurts. Yeah. I can't work. Yeah. And apparently that is starting to go parabolic. Wow. And, um, yeah. you know, that's one of those things I, I remember years ago, like a zillion years ago, they used to count the shipments of, Christmas wrapping paper claiming like, well, you know, the stores know how many gifts and, 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 you know, that got hooted. And uh, I don't know where we came out with that, but I do remember the uh, disability stuff was a good uh, indicator. And again, again, I, I didn't consolidate all of them, but I really like the regional surveys because they're pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Did you uh, ca- catch any of the fish show last night? No, it's past my bedtime. We're on the West Coast, I, I no, 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 I, no. So you you didn't do what I did, which is get up at three thirty and listen to it. No, I got up at six thirty because my daughter was crashing around doing God knows what. I don't know what's going on, but they got a problem with the mix, dude. Okay, we're not gonna be we're not gonna be spoiled, entitled fish fans like we were Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because the fish fans displayed some deplorable behavior. Some of those people who, dude, you're so lucky to see your living, your idols. You get to see them live. You get to see that you get the show dropped off at your doorstep on your phone the next morning. And they have the nerve to, to whine and dude, like us, like, I, I mean, I was guilty. I was annoyed. I didn't get the song, but again, they, they took it too far complaining. All right. Here's what happened. People fish does that fish has an app. Fish plays a concert on Tuesday night. The concert is available on Tuesday morning. Every concert they've ever played a thousand concerts is available on the app. They played a show on Tuesday night. They did a historic 44 minute long tweezer. So the buzz is you got to hear the 44 minute tweezer for the first time ever. The show doesn't upload the next morning. Okay, technical difficulties. That's weird. It's the one show everyone's been waiting for. It doesn't come for like a day or two. Three days go by, no show. And the comment sections, and now they're leaving reviews on other shows, just nasty, snarky stuff. And it was, it was a little annoying. But then they went after the mixer, okay? And this is where they ruined it for me. 
Dude, I, I was deaf to that. I was blind to that. I was completely oblivious to the sound. Really? I was like, hey, yeah, I can like, all right, now I hear too much crowd noise. Now I can't hear Mike. And the, and yes, the mix is atrocious. So that guy should okay. be fired. All right. When the whole entire cult of people is like, mix guy sucks. And now he's ruined. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize that. All I know is at 4.30 this morning. <laughs> I, it, it's like all i can hear is yeah. the hi-hat symbol thank you snare drum dude and i I'm hear like, crowd noise i hear crowd noise that i don't want to hear about and apparently he's made the mistake of like bragging about how he uses 11 different mics to do the mix and obviously other pro mixers are in the comments like look at this jabroni that's the worst thing ever here's a good mix this is a top quality so i go back and i listen to like one of the baker's dozen shows or whatever was a pro yeah, awesome pro. mix, right yeah that i listened to last okay. night and i'm like god damn uh, it does sound bad so again uh, we are spoiled imagine like Imagine you could listen to Jimi Hendrix concerts the morning after, and you're going to complain about the mix. Okay. So like, that's what we're doing here. Um, okay. You know what? I, I beg forgiveness. And, okay. um, but you're next right. Week, you're hundred percent right though. <laughs> you know, you're talking about a guy who's almost 63 and for all intents and purposes, deaf. Right. And if I can tell him, if I can tell the mixes off, by the way, so next week for those of you, who've been asking we're going to talk about baseball yankee yeah yeah yankees mets kansas city royals <laughs> oh boy all right buddy all right pal it's yeah. been fun like i said there's nothing going like i said the week last week and two weeks ago there's nothing going on in the market uh, I, I know but we got a contract we got to <laughs> get paid right we're gonna get fired after this goodbye <laughs> have a good day take care <laughs>